What if I told you there was a company out there that's basically Google plus Amazon plus Verizon plus Kaiser combined? Would you be surprised to learn it's right here in the U.S.? Well, it is, just not in that form yet. Let's learn more about it on this Authentic Avenue. Rakuten, an e-commerce company that pays you cash back to do your usual shopping. Dana Marino is the chief marketing officer for Rakuten Rewards. She's only been there a few months, but at this newly rebranded company, it was previously Ebates, she's committed to her tenure to changing consumer shopping behavior. The task is a large one. Make Rakuten the very first thing consumers think about when they shop for what they love. Not Amazon, not Google, not any of that. Rakuten. Today, we talk about how she plans to do that for the online retailer. Actually, has over 3,000 stores, if you didn't know. I have a link in the show notes to all the stores on Rakuten. And we also talk about other things like advice to be authentic, not only as a brand, but as a leader, and a book recommendation near the end that you might want to check out. I really enjoyed the conversation today. I think you will too. So sit back, relax, do some online shopping, and listen in as I get real with Rakuten and Dana Marino. Dana, hi. Thank you for coming. How are you? I am so happy to be here, Adam. Thank you for having me. It's good to talk to you again, but the first time on this show, and it's good because when we first met, and when we, and indeed when we first spoke, Rakuten was a new chapter in your journey. If we can quickly get up to speed, what about Rakuten in its form that you joined about seven months ago attracted you to it? That is such a fun question. Yes, good to talk to you again. Um, you are correct. I joined Rakuten in June of 2020 during COVID uh, as CMO. Um, I will start by saying, in case people don't know what Rakuten is, which is it's an online shopping destination where you get cash back and other rewards every time you shop your favorite brands and your favorite stores. And this is an important distinction that we'll bring up today because that... Uh... The brand needs different things in different places. And I'll ask you about that later. Sorry, go, go on. That is right. Yeah, we have about 3,000 stores like Nike and Macy's and Best Buy and Neiman Marcus and Sephora. So across so many categories, apparel and food delivery and travel and even subscriptions like Disney+. Plus. So you're right. When I first arrived, the team had just undergone a rebrand from a company you probably have heard of before, Ebates. So when I got her, they had just done a rebrand from Ebates to Rakuten. And what attracted me to Rakuten was just, I just love the concept of rewarding consumers or rewarding our members for buying things they already need. So whether you're buying sunglasses or a notebook or a necklace or a new computer, we reward you with a percentage of cash back on every purchase. And I, I just love the way Rakuten puts its members at the center with everything we do. I like the commercials that recently came out. Listeners, you. you may have seen a few spots on TV, on web, <laughs> elsewhere, um, with Elton John's uh, seminal Rocket Man. However, that being the tune, Rakuten being the word and the catchphrase at the end of the show, um, the show, the spot. So um, that's something that uh, it's been a great journey from the Ebates to the Rakuten transition. That is the U.S. story. And for a word that means optimism, <laughs> Rakuten would be certainly optimistic to approach in the U.S. its form elsewhere. What you told me specifically in a prior conversation is that abroad, Rakuten is like Google plus Amazon 
plus Verizon, plus Kaiser Permanente. It's like a catch-all yeah. for everything, which makes me wonder how the heck it even came to be that way, but we'll leave that. So here in the U.S., it's a little bit different. Would you mind elaborating a little bit and uh, what it means to be so different here versus abroad? Absolutely. Yes, Rakuten is a Japanese-based organization, and you are right, with businesses all over the world that include an online marketplace and financial services and mobile technology and healthcare, so you are right about that. Here in North America, Rakuten is primarily centered in e-commerce businesses, with the primary business being our shopping destination, which is formerly known as Ebates. What's super interesting about it is that in Asia and in Europe, Rakuten is a household name, the way maybe here we think of Google or Microsoft or Apple. And many people, of course, have heard of Ebates. It was a 20-year-old company, but Rakuten was a relatively unknown Japanese company. So the challenges of a rebrand are super fascinating. Almost little to no brand recognition, to your point, kind of an awkward brand name and a challenging pronunciation. Consumers just really didn't know what it was. And the really interesting part for me when I came in is that as part of this rebrand, Rakuten did a really major sports partnership, uh, very notably with the Golden State Warriors and FC Barcelona, the European football team. So actually, many Americans have seen the word Rakuten and seen the logo all over those beloved jerseys. So the problem isn't really, I've never heard of Rakuten, which would be a traditional brand awareness problem. It's more like I've seen that logo on my kid's Steph Curry jersey, but I don't have any idea what it is. So rebrand and of just those efforts were very successful in getting recognition of the logo and brand awareness in terms of I've seen that and heard of it before. But certainly now we have a lot of work to do to put meaning and understanding behind the word Rakuten. That is a journey which uh, it's cool for you to be in the pilot seat for. Because if you compare, obviously e-commerce is enormous here in the U.S. 3,000 stores is nothing to sneeze at. But if you're (laughs) able to take Rakuten in America the way it looks elsewhere, you're going to have an absolute Godzilla of a company on your hands. I hope so. I wanna, Thank you. Well, so but but let's so let's go back a second because that's that would be a grand future vision. But the first thing you gotta do, there's a bit of an uphill climb here. All right, we gotta we gotta lay it out. Because you're in e-commerce. There are some other pretty big players in e-commerce <laughs> right now in the US and abroad, but let's focus on the US. All right, so when consumers are looking for something from Macy's, as you noted, where are they gonna do that? Well, they could do it on Macy's.com of course, uh, I guess if they wanted to. They could Google some, or a pair of shoes, let's say. They Google that. Or they go to some of your friends in this space. You know know that, everybody knows that. So how do you approach what is a challenge from the today, which as you rightly note is, oh yeah, that's right, the the messy jersey. It used to be UNICEF, now Mm -hmm. it's you. And (laughs) get to the future of, oh, duh, I can get 5% back on blah, blah, blah with Rakuten. How do you approach that challenge? Because that is a, Big, big step. Yes, you're absolutely right. And there's a huge opportunity for us to tell a new story for Rakuten and help people understand the meaning behind our brand. And so right now what we're focused on is emotionally connecting our brand with both our current and future members and trying to strengthen our consumer recognition as a shopping destination and leading rewards program. So if you were to ask me our goal, it's 
to inspire more people to start. And I'm going to say that again, to start all of their shopping with Rakuten. So we kicked this off, as you mentioned, with, um, you know, in Q4, our big <clears throat> Rocket Man campaign. It was called Feel the Joy. And as a start, that was our way of earworming into culture, um, you know, that song, that very iconic song, but in podcasts and radio and YouTube and television, trying to connect the emotion of shopping and then feel the joy of getting cash back on top of it. So that's one of the first things we've been doing is that in the past, both with Ebates and then the subsequent rebrand, cash back was a very functional, understood benefit. And what we've been trying to do is reframe the love for shopping and that joy of getting the cash back in a more emotional way with our consumers. And so, as you said, people have heard of Rakuten probably because they saw it in the messy jersey or the warrior's jersey, but our job right now is focused on connecting the love and the joy for shopping with our brand. Do you think that's something that's just going to happen with time or like how, how do you actively pull people in there? Because starting from step one, I mean, that that's truly, I mean, is that, is that even like going to Google and hitting Rakuten plus product? I mean, wh- wh- how do you think about instituting that behavior change? I mean, that's probably a silly question, right? Changing somebody's behavior takes a long, long time, but I'm curious. It's not at all a silly question. Changing consumer mindset behavior change is actually something we're very focused on because just using yourself as an example, if you need a new pair of sunglasses or you need a hat, you know, people have a place that they go where they start their searching. For some people, it's Amazon. For some people, it's Google. For some people, it's Target or Walmart, right? So you're right. We do have to create a behavior change of starting shopping with Rakuten. Now, we have a couple ways to help with that. Obviously, in terms of our overall marketing, we can tell people that and educate people why all of their favorite stores are here, all of their favorite brands are here. And of course, why wouldn't you start at Rakuten? Because you get cash back on top. But we have a couple other elements. We have a Chrome extension that we use. We call it the button where when you download the button, and of course it is free, whenever you go onto the internet and type in a store, if, if, if it's one of our retailers, one of our merchants, it will automatically pop up and tell you, hey, this is part of Bracketon. Why wouldn't you get the cash back? So that, that's one way we're trying to help us. We have a, a product feature that automatically reminds consumers, hey, they should get this through Bracketon because they'll get cash back on top. We also have a very robust app experience. We are encouraging people to download our app um, because we have special deals. We have super app Sundays. We have special rewards within the app. So helping that behavior just become automatic is actually not silly at all, Adam. It's something we're really focused on. Something just came to mind, which I want to ask you about uh, because what you just said there from a product extension. So let's say the the Chrome extension, for example, Mm -hmm. um, that is something which has become very, very popular here in the U.S. as I've seen in like ads over yep. the last, you know, let's say a couple of years, right? Now yes. you see PayPal buys Honey for $4 billion, right? November of 2019. November yep. 2018, Capital One buys Wikibuy, becomes Capital One Shopping, I think is what they're calling it now. I'm not exactly yep. sure what they're calling it, right? Yeah, you're, So you're right. there is a payments element here as well. Do you think that Rakuten eventually has to become a, provider of financial services here in the U.S. in order to ultimately help institute that change? Is there something that can be done on that side to get into people's pockets, so to speak? Would you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, certainly you are right about the, those two acquisitions. Obviously, the what it signals to me is that this space, this space of ours, 
uh, an e-commerce shopping destination, destination is a very popular and important place to be. So what it says to me is we need to make sure our product has as many elements as possible to make the experience of shopping and buying and discovering as easy and as seamless as possible. So while I can't comment on our future products in that way, as it is certainly confidential, I can tell you that our goal is to become a singular platform where you can do all of that stuff in one place. Sounds pretty good to me. I mean, if we can get there, and this would be, of course, mirroring what Rakuten has been able to develop internationally, abroad. You are exactly right. So maybe we can't talk about what will happen down the road here in America, but at least there is a blueprint somewhere out there. Let's talk about what does happen in America right now and the way that people become aware of things. Obviously, the way that people probably became aware of Rakuten most recently, and maybe even how to pronounce the name, was from that spot. There's another way, another avenue, let's say, to which people can authentically find things. And uh, it's a piece of conversation that we've had before. Uh, Listeners on a prior show, Dana and I spoke about the word influencer and its capital and lowercase elements. Um, This, if we talk about it in the Rakuten lens, at the time in which we spoke, Rakuten was brand new to you. And so we could only suggest what it might be what it might involve to have an influencer um, focus or uh, as, a, as an awareness engine for Rakuten. Has that changed over time for you now that you have a couple months in the seat? Actually, Adam, I have really referenced the conversation you and I had a couple months back about the difference between lowercase i influencer marketing and upper, you know, capital I influencer marketing many times in the course of my time here at Rakuten. So I was very appreciative for that fascinating conversation. Um, Just, you know, so that these listeners can hear what that is, the capital I influencer, meaning when you use a celebrity or an athlete, uh, a brand would use a person like that to endorse your brand. Steph Curry, for instance, you're messy, somebody like that. Exactly, exactly. And then the lowercase I, of course, would be your consumers, your members, people who authentically use your product and talk about your product. So making the distinction between the two, and I personally think great brands use both in the right moments, because ultimately it just comes down to the authenticity and credibility of the influencer's voice and point of view. So at Rakuten, I think we have the opportunity to flex both kinds of influencers. Certainly, there are millions of real members who are obsessed with our cash back. The tweets and the Instagram posts from real members are so inspiring and amazing. And, you know, it's just that concept when you find something you love, you want to share it with your friends and family. And there's real power in that. So certainly, we will take advantage of that from Rakuten standpoint of view. And then, you know, you know, at EA, when I was there, I was there for 16 years, we used capital I influencers, athletes mostly to endorse our sports video games. And, you know, I always say who better to speak uh, credibly about how it feels to play a sport than an athlete from the field or the pitch or the court itself. So we used Messi for soccer, Kobe for basketball, Ray Lewis for football. I mean, the real experts from the sport talking about our games. And so I do think you will just have to wait and see as 2021 marketing approaches. You know, certain celebs, I will tell you, absolutely love using Rakuten and use it all the time. And so I think we do have an opportunity to, to use both capital I and lowercase i influencers for Rakuten. Yeah, we should just see what happens there. 
Of course, things can vary with the lowercase i, but it's good that your capital I's are already using this platform, of course. You know, I'm, I've been trained in this world to believe that uh, people who are operating authentically do use uh, some of their passionate customers to do things, after all, and that's not a behavior that uh, that, that will leave me or, or a belief that will leave me. And I, I just agree. I think you know when it's a fake celebrity endorsement, <clears throat> right? I, th- I think it really does have to be authentic and we have to find whether you're a celebrity or just a member and you know in any city it has to be authentically true that you love and and want to share the joy of using this platform i think when you fake it people know it i think so too and there are a couple of examples i could even note in the last year of that but that's not why we're here we are here <laughs> to talk a little bit more about what is uh, what is coming up here and of course that a word that i explore so deeply here on this show yes let's first ask about that 2021 attempt to get a glimpse. Of course, there are some things that you cannot talk about, maybe some things that you can that are directly in your lane. But once again, going back to the Japanese meaning of the word Rakuten, optimism, you say yourself on your website that it means you believe in the future. What's part of that future that you believe in as you see it? I love it. Yeah, 2021 is going to be a big year for us. Um, As you said, I can't give away too much, but you for sure will see some fresh creative coming from us in the next few months. Actually, Adam, I don't even know if I told you, I'm really proud to say that we built an extraordinary in-house creative team with some of the most amazing creative leaders in the business. So I'm really proud of that. And having that authentic voice come from within, I'm a big believers in believer in agencies when you need them. And I'm also a big believer in in-house creative teams. So you can expect from us certainly more of your favorite brands, more of your favorite stores on our platform new features like the buy now, pay later concept and other ways uh, that we reward your shopping trip. So I'm really excited for what's to come this year. Excellent. I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, shoot, maybe I'll maybe I'll test it out. Maybe I'll start using Rakuten first. I mean, I don't know. There's not a whole lot that I'm shopping for on any given day. Of course, being <laughs> inside, I don't have to shop for a whole lot, especially not things like clothing. But I assume with your household everyday purchases, and my God, with 300 or 3,000 banners to go after, there's got to be something for me. Um, then let's talk very briefly about that, that A word, maybe jumping off of something that you just noted. You've got an in-house agency now. It's the way in which Rakuten will be speaking authentically. What are some examples of the various perhaps avenues to achieve that, that the in-house agency will be focusing on this year? I mean, of course, the creative will come through and we'll see those in the big national spots. Is that also going to impact uh, and trickle down to the way that uh, regular customers might talk about you or those lowercase i influencers may do so? Yeah, I mean, I think COVID has forced us to ensure authenticity in a whole new way. Um, I think brands are thinking differently yesterday. I, I, you know, I think I told you last time we chatted, I'm in this forum with other CMOs and the way we've been framing this year in particular is this idea of we are not selling products, we are solving problems. And I think that's a mindset change when it comes to marketing as the way you think about how to help your consumers or your members. I just think authenticity and the the brand's voice of authenticity is truly these days the measure of success and failure. So, and everything these days is seen as more real or more authentic. I mean, you know, you use that the example that everyone is talking about these days that kids are interrupting Zoom calls and dogs are barking in the background. And this causes individuals, leaders, and team members to have to be more 
vulnerable in some ways and have to be more authentic to show a side of themselves that they were not used to sharing before. And so I, I think authenticity has become a whole new part of the way we think of each other, um, both personally and as brands. I agree. Can't wait to see what happens just generally. And I know that we are leaving probably some ardent followers of Rocketon on bated breath as to how that might manifest, but we're just going to have to leave them waiting. And I'm curious uh, as well, but I will also wait. Be interested to know about that group of CMOs. Maybe some of them like to come on this show, but I'll hold that too. No self-promo here. <laughs> we're all about your perspective, and now we're going to get some. I'd like to round out the interview today with an ask for advice. Of course, I've done that with you before, but I'm doing it now in a slightly different lens. And the reason is our listeners generally are either those who are leading brands today. There are plenty of them, just like yourself, who listen to this show and who are members of our community. There are others who are building brands from the ground up, whether it be a sole proprietors or managers, just trying to make it to move and to shake and to ultimately put their brand in a more authentic position. You've had the ability to do that now for several months at Rakuten, a business which in and of itself had rebranded right towards the beginning of that. And so you are well-versed, not only there, but in your experience prior on how to find a brand's personal truth, whether it be through the capital I, the lowercase I, uh, a product enhancement, whatever it may be. There are so many people out there who do not have that playbook, but who look to emulate those who have written their own. And so I'd like to round out the conversation by asking you a little bit about how you might advise that those people begin to carve their own avenues to authenticity, to write their own books, to find their own personal truth. Might you be able to elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. I would say two pieces of advice and one taps into what we were just talking about. I, um, I think, you know, I'm a huge lover and believer in Brene Brown and her concept of authenticity, um, both for yourself and your brand. And I've been talking about this a lot in my team meetings about brands and individuals having a, a, a point of view and, and standing for something and being you know, true to yourself and who your brand is. And I've been talking a lot about being honest and showing vulnerability as a leader. And it's okay to make a mistake or say, hey, this, the, what I'm saying isn't perfect yet. And people really crave real and, and individually and for brands. And I'll give an example. Just the other day, um, a shoe company I quite like sent an email um, that said something to the effect of, I'm so sorry, we don't have this shoe in your size. And But it went on to say, honestly, we simply didn't order enough because of COVID-related delays at our manufacturing plant, and we'll get it to you as soon as we can. And I was so appreciative of that honesty of here's what happened, here's the real truth, as opposed to other, you know, emails and marketing you get that just sort of is spin. I just, I really love the just, honestly, here's what happened. We didn't order enough. I just, I quite loved that. Um, and I was just very appreciative. And I think it's important for brands to be honest and leaders and people to be honest with whatever it is. Your, your kid's crying in the background. You say, you guys, hold on. My kid's crying. I'll be right back. Right. It's just, it is just real now, which I quite love. So that, that's my first piece of advice is just truly being real to yourself and making sure you put forward the values where your brand can be real to its customers or consumers. The second one, um, and this is just um, about being a leader. Uh, I read a book a couple of years ago, a quite famous book by now called Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Sure. And again, it's very it's much list, about- actually. I have that book on my book. Good. Here. Well, yeah. you probably got it from me. Yes. Because actually, you I know just... what? That's exactly <laughs> right. Why <laughs> did I not remember that? Yes. I knew you would send me a book. I didn't know which book. I did... Oh, man. Yes. yes. 
It is so good. Please read it, Adam, and encourage everyone you know to read it. It is, it's about building trust and building relationships um, founded on trust. And I just, I, I've read it actually several times and made so many notes, and it's both true for leaders and true for brands, is when you build trust and you're authentic to that, people want to be around you. They want to be on your team. They want to hear from you. They, they believe you. And same goes for brands. When you do something authentic and real, people want to stay around. And I, the other part that I, I mostly love about it is around feedback and giving feedback, both positive feedback and opportunistic feedback. And one of the things I love is people will take critical feedback more seriously if over that time you've built the trust with them and given them opportunity to receive positive reinforcement and positive feedback. And that is an ongoing process. So I always like to say, you know, you want to give five to seven pieces of great feedback. Hey, you did a great job. Hey, I really like the way you presented that. Hey, I thought your deck was great. Hey, I really like the way you handled this situation over and over and over such that when you say instead, hey, can we talk about how that meeting went? That lands in a way that you know that leader or that person has your best interests in mind and you feel and you trust that feedback or advice in a way that isn't defensive, just that that person is here to help me. And Radical Candor really addresses that concept of how to be an authentic leader to help people. That's such a good point. That's an experience that I've had as well. I've had both experiences actually. I have to crack that book open again. Listeners, I'm going to leave the link to find that book in our show notes, of course, because it's a great read. And yes, a personal recommendation of Dana, one that I have had <laughs> courtesy of Dana. Last question. This one's for fun. Obviously, you use Rakuten for the things that you buy. What do you like buying the most via the service? And is there something which listeners may not expect that you can buy via Rakuten? Actually, I'll tell you, and uh, people laugh at me about this. When I started at Rakuten in June, I refused to buy online from anywhere else, anywhere else. I don't need it if I can't find it on Rakuten. And what's true is there really isn't anything I can't find on Rakuten. So I've stopped online shopping in any anywhere else and start all my shopping with Rakuten. So my favorite stores um, certainly, you know, I have two young boys, so I spend a decent amount of time with Nike and Under Armour and all of my holiday gift shopping for friends and family. I did, of course, in many of our department stores, um, things that are unexpected. Yes. Uh, you know, we have ride sharing when we choose to do that again, we have de food delivery services, we have Disney plus and other subscriptions. I, I actually would say out of, there are so many unexpected things on Rakuten that you can buy and then of course get the cash back. So it's not just, um, you know, health and wellness and apparel like people um, are attached to and have known for a long time. It is that plus so much more. The streaming services is one that I would not have expected. I'll have to go exactly. and see which ones are available there. And of course, listeners, as we've now said here, but as you'll know, when you visit Rakuten, you'll be able to get cash back on these things, which you may not be able to do if you are just buying for list at their respective provider. So a little bit of incentive there for you. And um, thank you, uh, Dana, for this conversation, for learning a little bit more. It's good to learn about sort of the, maybe the end of the first chapter, or at least a little bit into the book of your journey at Rakuten so far, as well as to peek into the future a little bit and see how you may blossom in the future. And of course, for that book recommendation for all of it, 
Can't thank you enough. Really appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you. I'll admit the streaming services are interesting, but really getting anything on Rakuten seems like a good use of my time. And I got a birthday coming up, so I'll do some self-shopping. Thank you, Dana, for the conversation. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. If you like this kind of content, well, there's a couple things you can do. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into AuthenticAvenueMedia.com, where all these podcasts live as well. You can also follow on LinkedIn. We have a group there, Authentic Avenue, about 200 followers. We're getting up there. And I'm there personally as well, Adam Connor. Finally, you can email me, adam at authenticavenuemedia.com. I have a particular position about how brands can be using podcasts. And if you'd like to learn more about that or even solicit my help, I can be of help to you. But enough about that, signing off now. So once again, this is Adam Connor saying, until I get real again with you, Thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.